You're listening to Season 2 of NFT 365. Talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and... What the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365. Here's your host and digital futurist, Brian Fanzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. What's up, friends? Uh, Welcome back to another episode of NFT 365. And we are, you know, on this journey through NFT is one of the beautiful things that I know many of you talk to me about uh, a lot is like, you get to come on the journey with me in many ways, right? You get to see the highs, the lows. My wallet gets compromised. Uh, I start traveling. I recorded podcasts in hotels and airport lounges. Um, but also one of the things that you know probably gives me the most excitement is uh, when it comes into conference event time, which is something that you know I've been very blessed is like my my bread and butter, my full time job being uh, you know speaking on stages and and a lot of that kicks off kind of the the March time frame until usually summer. They they let us off in July. Uh, and then it kind of kicks back off, uh, kicks back up in the fall, you know, for a lot of events and, you know, events in the Web3 space, you know, hot and heavy, right? And most people know, you know, this podcast, you know, it was the origin from what I would refer to as the first NFT NYC. I know there was ones before it, but most people, when we think about NFT NYC, we think about the 2021 fall NFT NYC after the people sell, after Board Ape, the very first, uh, you know, Yuga uh, you know, the Ape Fest um, NFT event. And for me, that is such a big component of this is like putting faces to names, moving things offline. But as most of you also know, one of my big things with NFTs is, is not only understanding like value, but we need to prove these use cases in scenarios that aren't just digital communities inside of a Discord or aren't just, you know, Twitter chats on Twitter spaces. And so excited to have that conversation. Uh, you know, we're going to dive in a little bit on that side of it today uh, with our guest, Sam. Sam, thanks so much for for joining us today here on the podcast. Uh, let the audience know a little bit about your background, and then we'll get us some co- fun conversation, talk events, talk a lot of news. Uh, we'll go down that path. That sounds great. Uh, yeah, my name is Sam Ewan. Um, I spent about 15 years in the experiential marketing business, uh, had my own agency that we built uh, large-scale events, small events, publicity stunts, things that got us in trouble. Um, sold that agency in 2014 and actually been pretty much in the media world since. Was hired by a couple of different publishers, including the New York Times. And now I'm with Coindesk. I've been to Coindesk now about a year and a half, uh, helping to sort of head up a lot of their custom content experience and Web3 initiatives. So that's been a really exciting opportunity. And like you, yeah, we Done, done the event circuit all over the world, um, and I'm really excited to have the conversation. Well, I, I love, I love that. Excited to bring you in this conversation. I haven't had anybody from uh, your world in here yet, so excited to have you on. And you know, we've referenced CoinDesk uh, in many cases, of course, throughout uh, the 400 plus episodes of the podcast. Uh, also, love like kind of the support of Web3 creators, female creators. Uh, I don't think there's enough uh, media that is kind of making that a, a staple. And I, and I like to see that as part of, um, you know, that narrative. And so I'm curious just from the, from the jump, just from a standpoint of, you know, for those that aren't familiar with Coindesk and kind of how they uh, kind of represent in this space, can you give us a little bit kind of like, what is the breadth that Coindesk kind of uh, provides? Who, like what are the things that they kind of operate as far as not only, you know, media side, but as far as like even events and products, services, that side? Yeah, for sure. Coindesk is, uh, we're actually celebrating our 10th anniversary in April. So one of the oldest and I believe still the largest crypto publication really focused on covering the, the sort of breadth and width of the industry. Um, 
been around for a lot of the big moments also. You know, we were kind of part of the team that broke the Mount Gox hack story in 2014 and the Ethereum launch in 2015. Um, we most recently are, you know, quite well known for really breaking the story that brought down FTX. Um, so our whole goal is bringing kind of truth to the crypto industry. We are very bullish on the industry itself, but we are, you know, willing to sort of call out and give opportunity to the folks who are building in the space. We also, along, alongside that, we're in our ninth year of consensus. Consensus is uh, the largest sort of big tent crypto festival. So unlike an NFT NYC, unlike an ETH Denver, which is happening now, um, which are all kind of siloed to the specific uh, types of protocols or, or verticals, we cover the whole industry. Um, so if you come to consensus, you're going to get as much Web3 as you are going to get regulation, as you're going to get metaverse, as you're going to get institutional finance, um, investment. A lot of developers come. And uh, last year, we had about 20,000 people. So it's definitely a pretty big event in Austin, Texas. Uh, we'll be back there again, April 26th or 28th. Um, and my excitement about it is, and, and like you, I've been to a lot of these, these festivals. I always think that, you know, having really interesting and introspective speakers on stage who you can network with, who you can get insight from is what makes a conference. And, you know, we've had everyone from Jack Dorsey to Vitalik um, to various senators and people building the future of the industry that we're in. And, you know, that's what we try to bring every year is just a, a place for people to both get inspired, network, ideally get invested in or invest in others um, and really just vibe with each other and understand who are the people who are actually building this industry. Yeah, I love that. I always say, you know, consensus for me was always like, the, it's a multi-hyphenate dream. Like for me, I could love, you know, tap a little bit of everything. It's also like my favorite events to follow on Twitter, uh, you know, for even when I'm not attending because it does hit a lot of, you know, very variable, you know, kind of topics. And so you don't, you're not just kind of stuck in one. Uh, I did kind of laugh a little bit because um, quality of content on stages, not really the uh, NFT events uh, bread and butter would be, be truthful. Uh, and I say that even at, you know, as speaker that spoke at you know, a lot of these events, um, you know, I think it's unfortunate, you know, and I, it's like everything. I mean, South by Southwest, I was there in 2008, 2009. Let, we know that the content was not what people were showing up there for on stage, right? I think a lot of that kind of evolves, but it, consensus has kind of been known for not only that like breadth of great content on stages, but also kind of bringing some of those like uh, hard hitting uh, panels or fireside chats, which I think are always great. Uh, I, I, the unfortunate thing for me was I spoke at a couple of events uh, like for four or five years in a row that were always the same week as consensus. So I remember being like the guy that was always in, uh, you know, in either Vegas or LA uh, at other events. Um, you know, you did mention like the idea of like, kind of breaking stories. I mean, Mount God, I think Mount was probably the first, that was probably the first time I'd ever like kind of heard of that, you know, and I remember um, even sharing articles and kind of being, you know, cause I was so plugged into the, the blockchain, blockchain side of the world. Um, and then of course, you know, with the FTX thing, I'm curious just from, you know, like, and I will tap in a little bit more on consensus, but like, you know, as someone that's, you know, a brand that's been covering the space as an event that has like the space, there's also just like big media that, you know, I'll say it so you don't have to, is like, they prefer to take the cliff notes or whatever they can uh, for the most part and, and turn that into a spin that, you know, kind of keeps those that are afraid of change or those that are, that are, you know, kind of wanting to prevent, they like, I don't want to adopt this if I don't have to. And, but I'm curious just from like your experience being on this side, but also someone that kind of has sat on the experiential side of the house. How, how do you see like the current momentum leading in? Because we had proof conference, of course, kind of 
um, to make a big decision and the Moonbirds announcement that just happened. Um, and I thought it was really unfortunate that a couple of smaller events just, I saw they took down their websites and I was like, hold on a second. Like, let's not let just one event um, kind of be the, the catalyst, but what is your kind of sense or pulse? Like where we're at now, as far as not only media, but kind of like momentum into kind of event season. Uh, it's a great question. I think there are anchor events and then there are sort of supporting events. And, you know, South by is never going away. It's a great business model. It also, to your point, even if you go to the conference or don't go to the conference, you're going to meet some amazing people. You're going to have some great times. Yes. Same as can be said with CES. Same can be said with CAN if you're in the ad business. Yes. Um, there, there are a couple anchor moments like that. I believe we're that for the crypto industry. But I do think that it's actually really much harder than people think to throw a great event. And it's more costly than, it's, than, uh, than people think. And I think part of it is, you know, when you build an event, you, you know, I always think from like the user, like almost what's the UX of the, of the attendee experience. Yeah. And it's hard to make that really substantive. So I think that with like a Kevin Rose and Moonbirds, I think they had all the great intention with Proof to have an amazing conference. I think that Kevin has the access to probably throw an amazing conference. Yeah. But I think that it's a business model, frankly, which is very hard. And, you know, and I like I, I often applaud, you know, kind of like Gary V and VCon because they've, you know, they, they put on a great first event. They're, you know, obviously very committed to their second event in a much tougher year than it, than it was last year. Um, but I think they're even evolving that event. If you look at the speakers that, you know, it's not all Web3 anymore. It's kind of like general business information. It's people who are more cultural like leaders. And I think that there is room for a bunch of those, but I do think there are only so many. And so you mentioned NFT NYC, for example, that they're two weeks before us. Um, that event in 2021 and 2022 was actually super fun, but it was really super fun for everything, not the conference. Without you know, Without yeah. <laughs> and I have a lot of friends like you who were speaking um, on panels. A lot of them walked into empty rooms. A yeah. lot of them, like the organizers never actually told them where to go. And so it turned that it felt that the conference was really a vehicle for other things to happen. They also had 1300 speakers, you know, whether people were paying to play, I don't know, but the fact is that's just too much. Right. Yep. So I think part of, what we should as expect as an industry is that if you're going to spend the money to travel to a location, to hang out with your friends, to learn that, that the, the folks who are throwing the conference at them, themselves should respect your time enough to understand what's going to make this substantive for you. And that is something I think a lot of people love the idea of throwing a big party, but they don't want to do the work. And I mean, and let's face it. I mean, I think every event model has always been like, lose a lot of money, lose a little bit less of a lot of money, lose a little lot of money, right? It's, a, it's a, a model that, you know, let's face it, in a very unforgiving NFT world. I mean, I, I went to VCon as a longtime Gary V fan, you know, met Gary and kind of, he took me under his wing in 2014 originally and like was a fan. I went to VCon not expecting much, like truthfully, like, and I remember that first night and we were all outside and I was like, what? Like, I mean, he, I mean, massive respect like i did not expect it to be um what it became but you're right like the, it's evolved um i will also say you know shout out to jody and the nft nyc team for what they did in london i will tell you nft london whole i mean i i found myself like running between panels which mm, you know, I, yeah. like, that was actually impressive and you know it helped it was all in one venue um i also feel like the the audience there was really like just like richly involved and like wanting to be there, right? Like the, you know, versus like the, you know, party side of the house, I think. Uh, and I think there's always space for both of them. I, I remember I always used to leave 
you know, I left South by Southwest and always fly to social media marketing world, uh, mm -hmm. you know, back to back. And I would always laugh like, and I would go to Adobe. So like, those were my three in a row. You could have got three more different environments, but those were also big spaces. Right. And I think like you mentioned with like consensus, having a kind of a different feel, I, as soon as Gary V announced uh, the speakers, I think my very first tweet was, wow, this is a shift because he wants Vayner media and Vayner enterprises to care versus just a bunch of e-friend holders, which, Hey, that, whatever, whatever kind of floats there. Um, but you know, the other side of this is, you know, the, the ticketing, the experience side, right? Like, uh, and I think, unfortunately, I mean, Gary, they did an amazing job at VCon, but he controlled variables, right? Like you can only come in one door. Yep. <laughs> it is a giant stadium. There's one entrance um, and you can't go in and come out. Like it, I mean, he made sure like, so that the token you know, side of it, because I mean, for those that weren't there in 2021 at NFT NYC, every event was token gated. I don't believe any events token gating worked <laughs> in that first event. Like the amount of things that they scanned and I'd be like, can I just pull open my MetaMask and show you that the NFT is in there? Um, but I feel like it's evolving, but it, there's also like this weird um, separation, right? From like the, what we we would consider like the traditional QR scanning, um, you know, uh, you know, brick and mortar, even like the point of sale systems, the POS systems. And I will say like, you know, I've had Starbucks team on the most recent episode with, uh, you know, Joe uh, uh, talking about that. And I'm still amazed. Like I, I buy a Starbucks and my Starbucks Odyssey account is updated by the time I get home. And I mean, that just is amazing. What's your take on like um, that space, right? Conference, Web3 connections, like, you know, blockchain doesn't make a lot of these things super easy, let alone like we're connecting on Wi-Fi signals. Sometimes we're like underground in a venue. Um, but what's your take on kind of like the tech emerging, supporting a lot of these offline event experiences? Um, something I've been talking about a lot recently. So I mean, there's two things I want to bring up. One is I think the live event access, both in a Web2 world and a Web3 world is somewhat broken. Right. So Web 2, this is the example I've been giving recently, is if you look at Disney, right? Disney last year, their parks and experiences group, 72% higher profits, right? One can sort of look at that as, as COVID, but like, honestly, the parks have been open a year and a half. Yeah. Um, so what, what's happening there when you break that down? Well, Disney has this amazing model where everyone wants to go. They bring their kids, they bring their families. They let too many people in the park. Right. So they charge too much money, let everybody in. And suddenly it's like, oh, I want to go on Magic Mountain. It's a three hour wait. And then they're like, oh, you know, you could pay extra. Here's our dash lane. And that skips the line. Right. So they're in essence charging you to solve a problem that they have created. Yep. And they're doing it at a massive profit. And Ticketmaster is very similar. It's a monopoly. They can charge what they want. They act gate access. They run both the resale market and they run the primary market. And, you know, average fees, there are 28 percent. It's a tremendous amount of money going to, towards them. We run an event, you know, we make a mistake. Our tickets are not cheap. It's, uh, you know, people are, are there to meet each other, network, connect. Hopefully you can make Mac more than you spend by coming. Um, but we actually looked at that and we, and we actually decided this is the first year we're, we're doing something. We released a, prog a project which is called Microcosms. This is a, a NFT-based project um, that's really an experiment for us, right? And the idea is instead of, if I buy a ticket right now, a pro ticket, a pro ticket today cost me $2,000 roughly to come to our conference. Again, B2B, right? Um, but for one and a half ETH, I can buy one of our Microcosms project. It's an NFT by an amazing generative artist who worked with Artblocks on this. And that gets you access for the next three years to the same tier ticket, right? So you can invest a little bit of money 
on the upfront to say my next three years are covered at a much like a much discounted rate. And then what we did for the attendee experience, you know, a lot of people come, for example, to uh, to consensus because they have a startup, they want to get funded. Right. So we, we created this reward system, which is all randomized. It's all algorithmic, very much like generative art, where someone's going to win the opportunity to speak on stage on a topic. Someone's going to win a booth on the show floor, which right now is nineteen thousand dollars. Someone's going to win a media buy on, on CoinDesk. Uh, someone else like is going to m- win an, uh, an hour long meeting with VCs. Right. So so the idea is all those folks are looking to, to come and get get funded, get attention. Um, build their name, what happens if we can actually build that as a reward system? And so we've we released this project, um, the Consensus NFT. It's coindesk.com slash Consensus NFT. But really what it is, is it's this suite of digital assets. We use token proof. So that's how we're yep. manage, managing the, the token gating. We work with Artblocks on the generative side, an amazing company called Passage Protocol, which we did a lot of really complex yeah. tokenomics on the airdrops. And, you know, and the other thing, which is actually really cool, uh, is... If let's say I win the the booth and I don't have a company to show at a booth, right? That booth is a nineteen thousand dollar asset right now. Like I could come in and, and and a friend could have a you know a startup and could say, hey, what if I offer you two ETH for that, you right. know, and and buy the NFT of the booth from you? So everything is an addition, like an additive reward. And my whole my my whole premise, my whole thesis is, what if events were additive in value to the most loyal fans instead of extractive in value from the most loyal fans. Because that's sort of the way that the classic ticketing industry works today. And let's face it, I think so much of that has been broken across every space, right? Like my, my family's had season tickets for the Steelers since 1969. Uh, and we play by the same rules for paying for playoffs for how much, how much a drink costs, right? And a lot of that comes from this like place of like, you know, privilege and, I, you know, in Pittsburgh, it's a 16-year waiting list. My dad put me on the list when I was five. Like I remember, yeah. like, you know, very spoiled in, in like Pittsburgh sports. But you know, like that model is very you know kind of rampant a- across the board. So, and I love that, right? Because like part of this like relationship, customer loyalty, ownership, celebrate is requires ownership of of some kind of asset that has a marketplace, right? Like it's cool that we could have done this in Web two, but like you wouldn't have known how to sell it or resell it. You would have been like, and, you know, and a lot of it would almost go waste or not be able to kind of like foresee the reward and and i know for our audience you know our our very first sponsor of the podcast was uh the creator expo cex put on by mm-hmm. uh, joe polizzi and and content marketing institute and that's what they implemented a, a three-year ticket um out of the jump which i know many of our listeners uh jumped onto that i i spoke there the first year i'm keynoting again uh this year at that event but i will say like the the part that joe and and joe is a, a dear friend and and someone that i've worked with for a long while he also talked a lot about like that bridge from like you know, how hard is it to buy the ticket, right? So I'm curious from that part, from the consensus approach, like I love, you know, art blocks being involved, you know, the protocol you're using, you know, token proof, all of these things are like, let's just say the best of the best in their, um, you know, respective spaces. There also has to be like the group of web tours that are like, I don't have a wallet. How the hell am I buying a ticket? How, how did you guys kind of approach that or, or assess like the non-natives to also kind of buy tickets and be part of this? Yeah, for sure. And, and to be, to be frank, I think, you know, if we had, you know, if we had had six more months to build, I think we probably would have built some credit card rails in. Um, but right now with our partners and, and to your point, we went really to the best in, in each category. Um, they weren't support supporting credit card purchase right now. So I, I think we just willingly said, hey, we're going to give up some some opportunity here for that reason. But similarly, you know, we were actually talking with our finance group um, the other day about you know, if someone like like we're, we're basically saying to anyone, if you buy one of our microcosm uh, passes right now and you need a proof of transaction and a receipt, 
for your expenses, like we can give that to you because it's all on chain. It's all transparent, right? So yep. as long as you can verify it's your wallet, I can tell you exactly what you paid at that moment. And so it's not ideal for the B2B crowd. And I think this is something that is still a big pain point. Um, I would love for people to open wallets. If you're coming to consensus, you should have a wallet. But I also know a lot of folks have their companies pay for tickets. And so, you know, it, part of it is being willing to experiment. You know, we might sell 10 tickets. We might sell 100 tickets. Like we just don't know right now. And I think we're okay with that. But we do think that for the ones who get in and understand, it's an amazing value. It's an amazing opportunity. And the fact that over a three-year period, we can think about how to reward people. One, one of the things I, I, I was talking about earlier was... Every year, so the, the, the traits that we have, these we have 350 traits if we did a full mint out that are going to be airdropped to people. Every single year for the IRL traits, we're going to re-roll, mm. right? So you might have the most common NFT right now from the generative side, but you might get the most valuable thing this year. Or if you didn't, maybe next year you get the most valuable thing. But also then when we have a community, we can say, what are the things that would be valuable for you? Is it a meet and greet with some with someone? Is there a, a, a private session that we can create with, with the speaker? Is there the opportunity for you to show up on digital signage to be part of someone on, on a spaces earlier suggested? What if you held the NFT and you could actually put your art on the big screens in between sessions? I was oh, like, yeah. all of these things are amazing. And like, we can actually work with the community to bring these things to life because we run the conference. So yep. it's kind of an interesting way to think about it. I love that. And I, I would say like, you know, we're doing... Uh, I'm teaming up with a couple other NFT projects to put on an event and NFT NYC. And that was the idea I came up with was like any of our partner projects that are going to come in as partners, they're going to get like lanyards for their members, right? So that you can see who holds what NFTs, right? It's another, another problem we have digitally, right? Like we all, we've all done that. Uh, we come to an event you're like, we're connected on Twitter, but we don't really know. And it's even worse in this space. But then we also were like, well, we're going to allow, you know, if your project's there to have certain screens so that like project could put their, you know, their PFPs on, on the screens. And, and even if they had a musician, they wanted to connect, right? Like, I think that's a, that is a, a big piece of this pie. And I will also say like, I mean, when Vcon announced, uh, you know, for context too, one of the things Gary said was my team knows that they're going to have to handhold jump on zooms individually with people to get these tickets. And, and part of it is like, there is a little bit of like a, a wallet creation. Isn't that hard these days, right? Like protecting your wallet and security. We can't, understate or undervalue that but yep. i mean the basics of creating a wallet token proof i actually use token proof today um for the, the event i was speaking at earlier just before this uh, episode um they're gated theirs through token proof right so it's a virtual event uh and it was easy as i mean i literally opened scanned the qr code with my phone and i was in uh you know connected to my wallet it verified i had the nft in there um and i like love that like kind of like simplicity uh, i also love like the art blocks you know collab i mean art blocks is I mean, definitely an OG of uh, really supporting artists in the space. Uh, I'm curious too, like from a, like you mentioned, like, like the predictability of like sales is hard, right? But also predictability of like what the, the use cases are. And I think this is where most go wrong in the sense of like the beauty of NFTs, especially from a utility perspective, is you can always add on, right? You can always kind of like increase that value to reward, you know, those super fans, those pieces. I'm curious from like a um, if like from like last year's event or last couple of years events, was there like a certain um, I don't, demographics the probably wrong way to put it, but was there like a certain um, subsection since you guys kind of cover the whole thing? Like, did you, was it? We feel like because it's an NFT, like Art Blocks having like that piece. Like, I'm guessing like the crypto native crowd they've had wallets a lot longer crypto been around uh, a lot longer but I, I wonder i wonder how many people might this might be their first nft but they've had a wallet for seven years like how did yep. how did you guys were you able to kind of like assess a little bit on that side that's like, i mean i'm just curious on that side 
No, it's a, it's a, it's a fantastic question. So, you know, roughly speaking, there's about two and a half million wallets that have interacted with NFTs um, in any substantive way. I think Coinbase alone has 80 or 90 million wallets, right? Right. There's a giant Delta between people who have experienced NFTs and people who are playing crypto. And that's just Coinbase, right? You add, you add Binance, you add Kraken, you add others, and suddenly you're gonna have 200 million wallets that have never interacted. So part of, you know, our audience is a little bit more crypto than it is Web3, although that's changing very quickly. And so to your point, we did want to encourage people that maybe even if you were suspect of NFTs, this is an opportunity for you to try it in a kind of safe way, right? You already know you're getting three years of tickets. You already know you're saving $1,500 just by doing that. And then you also get this art asset on top. You also get all the benefits of, of additional rewards. And uh, we're hoping it gets, you know, I would, I would prefer if, you know, 60% of the people who bought it were people who were crypto native and very bullish on crypto, but hadn't yet understood. Maybe they were skeptical of the NFT ecosystem. The NFT folks, I think they get, I can hold something I can get rewarded. And I want to, you know, and of course we're trying to satisfy them too. But really I think it is uh, an opportunity for, uh, for the non-NFT native to get involved in, in, into the system. The other thing I think is interesting, which you said, is, you know, we, I mean, look, we run a traditional event. Someone wants to buy a ticket with a credit card, they can. So like we, we didn't, we don't want a barrier being you have to get the NFT. So unlike a, you know, maybe a VCon where you had to have that for yeah. us, you know, we, we, our event is, is uh, part of our business model. So we really want to make sure that there's access. But I love what you said earlier, because I, you know, you're throwing an event in NF10 NYC. The, the fact that I can read that's on chain and I can say, you know what, what if you came to consensus with NFT and went to Fanzo's event and then together that got you even a, an additional yes. bonus, right? The fact that all that's transparent. Someone said this yesterday, um, which uh, it was Ty Haney who started Outdoor Voices. She has a loyalty company called TYB, all in the Web3 space. And she said this to me, it was, it was an amazing unlock. Um, but she said, you know, the interoperability question when it comes to NFTs should not be looked at in terms of interoperability of whether or not my NFT can be used in Decentraland or the Sandbox. It should right. be looked at interoperability between communities. And that actually, to me, is such an interesting unlock that yes. by knowing the community uh, overlap points, you can then reward them and incentivize them to come in in ways that is additive to all parties, which I think is like a, fa a fantastic way to think. Yeah, you know, it was funny. I, I was telling the Starbucks team on that interview, I said, if I was Marriott right now, I would just airdrop everyone that has a Starbucks yeah. NFT in their wallet. Just put it in their wallet and be like, Marriott's working on something like, because you already know that Starbucks found like the, you know, that beta user that is there that, you know, that is valuing the Starbucks side. And I, I, I think that's such an important component. Like I, I feel like collaboration in this space is talked about like almost outside of the, of the container that it probably should be because your point is really spot on. And, and also like right now, I mean, we, I mean, I've been to South by Southwest forever, you know, a lot of these big events, I mean, you're in Austin, which I mean is my, one of my favorite cities in the world to, to have events, but like also just like that idea of like, not only unlocking different experiences, but the, the building on, right. If you support our sponsors and go to these three things, which is what we know the sponsors want, right. Like, and before it was like a bingo card or some nonsense that was like, you know, very, but, it was the only way to track, right? Like we have to, you know, give credit where credit was due in web two in web three, the idea that like I can collect a PO app or an NFT at these things along the way, or even like if you attend five webinars this year, you, when you go to the website to buy our ticket, this is the discount and that there's no management on the back end, right? It's all uh, on the blockchain. And so I think like those are things that I think hopefully we continue to unlock. It's why 
you know, I love the, the way that you're doing the, you know, the, the NFT. I also love Artblock's collaboration, right? Because I think, you know, it's easy to kind of, um, to want to do a lot of these things, but then kind of to do it without having it kind of like also Web3, you know, native components. Um, the I am curious, like, you know, from a standpoint of, you know, generative artists, right? I, I, you know, there's a lot of great content. We'll make sure the link is there for those uh, in the show notes. Um, from a standpoint of like the reward um, mechanism and like that combined to like the marketplace world that we, we how, how does that kind of show up? How do people know what they're being rewarded with or like what, what, what is that kind of process? I think that's very disconnected, I think, in most experiences right. today. Yeah, we spent a lot of time on this, actually. And uh, so, you know, if you buy an NFT today and you go to OpenSea, you'll see a, a grid of, of traits, right, right. That, that the artist sets. And uh, our Fahad Karim, who's an amazing generative artist, who's an Artblocks artist as well, we worked with him. And so there'll be a bunch of traits. One of those traits, for example, is a specific color palette, uh, which is called our Metaverse palette, that if you, if you have that, it actually gives you access to get an infinite object, a physical device, um screen oh, yeah. you know that uh yeah. that, a big that, fan of infinite objects yeah, yeah exactly good stuff yeah so basically you know so we did build a couple of the reward traits into the art traits themselves if you have this nice. palette you get this thing for free if you have we have a uh, five of the people uh, um who mint will get a genesis ticket for a forever ticket that will be a trait you get on the art side in working with uh with the other team passage who has been fantastic we then can update the metadata so in essence you're you'll go today you'll see your mint it'll have art traits on it uh, if you will. And then uh, we, we do a snapshot on the 15th of March. 16th of March, we then airdrop uh, to everybody a whole additional set of IRL traits. Oh, wow. So, so the idea is the IRL traits will show up on your, on your object, but, and I think that this is important to your point, so let's just say, you know, I won a signed copy of Fahad's work and I won a free hotel stay comp, right? Right. Those will show up not only in your traits on your artwork, but it has two additional NFTs in your wallet. Nice. Right. And, and the reason is, again, let's just say you have an issue come up. You can't get to Austin, um, but someone else can say, oh, right now hotels are $2,000. What if I offer, you know, $1,000 right. on the comp? Then someone can literally sell that, offsets your price, and then suddenly you know, it gives the opportunity for someone else to get in a little bit cheaper. So every single trait on the ground is an additional NFT that you can trade. And so that was part of the way we thought about it. Um, we also will have a, with, with Token Proof, we'll have a, a site you can go to and check to say my, my NFT has these traits with it and you can redeem most of them there as well. So it has been months of building that back end. I'm really proud of, of the team and what they've executed because I do think we had to think through a lot of very complex situations, um, but hopefully laying a little bit more of a roadmap as we continue to move forward. No, I, I mean, that's why I asked, right? Because I think it is like, you know, oftentimes like the, you know, like I, when I first thought about fractionalizing of NFT, that's where my mind went was like, you know, I, I always said like, choose your own adventure on how you use your utility. And if those are utility pieces that you don't want to use, but you, you still want to be a part of the community or maybe I want to go next year, right? Like being able to have some of these like uh, subsections. So I love like that thought process. And I also think for everybody listening, right? Like until there's events willing to test these mechanics, 
we don't know what works and what doesn't work, right? We don't know yeah. the vehicles of a lot of these things. Cause like, I mean, it's, it's so interesting that we can sit often from like, oh, well in web two, we did it this way. And web three, we did this. Like, I think there's a lot of this has to be like implemented and tested. And, you know, even like, I mean, I like proximity tagging for a lot of things. Right. But, you know, even proximity tagging, depending on the venue, depending on what devices someone has, iPhone versus Samsung versus, you know, do they connect to Wi-Fi? Not you know, like there's so many variables that are at play there. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see that. We'll put the notes there as well. Uh, I am curious from a standpoint of, you know, is there a topic or a, um, like if you, if you were thinking about it from like a, a media, like, Hey, coming out of consensus, this will be kind of the buzz. Is there something that you think is going to be like kind of a, the pulse either at this moment? I know it's kind of hot. I mean, this space changes. <laughs> we don't know what the pulse yeah, is going to yeah. be in, in a week, but like, is there something that you kind of see kind of like grumbling underneath that could be a, a consensus kind of takeaway at the end? Yeah, actually, uh, this year we are doing the first ever what we're calling the consensus of consensus report, which will be oh. looking at, you know, our prediction is somewhere between 10 and 12 topics. And we'll be doing kind of high level sort of takes on what's going to happen. Part of the reason we're doing that is that each year we can look back and say, did we get it right or get it wrong? Um, the four, there's four areas that I think are really interesting that I'm paying attention to in terms of, uh, of this, uh, to your question. The first is, I think there will be a lot, you know, the last consensus was June of 2022. We were at consensus when three arrows capital started to go down. Oh, wow. Right. A couple of weeks later was Voyager. Then, you know, we actually, you know, we're part of the FTX, you know, breaking yep. that story later. Yeah, so, that was, that was the, la that was the last week of my one year, by the way, just, so, I, don't, oh, yeah, that was, I was like talking about a weird way for me to end <laughs> one year, 365 days was the Monday of our final week FTX broke. Oh yeah. Exactly. So, you know, and so I think there'll be a lot of conversation about that. Um, and I think it's not, a, it's not specifically about, you know, what went wrong on the FTX side. I mean, we'll definitely talk about that. We have some, some amazing folks coming to big stages who are, who were insider and had some, some stuff to talk about, but I think in general, you know, FTX was not only just a failure of centralized crypto, you know, it was also a failure of, you know, Silicon Valley, right? The yep. amount of money they threw at FTX without doing the due diligence. Yep. It was also a failure of the media, right? The media who sort of like propped this guy up. For sure. and, and so I think that some self-analysis as a community is going to be really important. So I think just, you know, how do we move on from that? I kind of look at it a little bit more proof of humanity, right? Let's, yeah. let's be a little bit better to each other in the, the stuff we're building. Um, number two is Consumer Web 3. So we have, I mean, you, you mentioned Joe and the Forum 3 team from who are yep. building Starbucks. We have Andy from Forum and, 3 coming. Yeah, Andy, Andy's coming. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We have, you know, we have Mark from, from Salesforce. We have Kate from PepsiCo. We have some of the biggest companies, uh, Angelique from Allo, Wanda from Warner Music. Like we have amazing brands coming to talk about really the technological innovation, right? They're right. much, they're all much less interested in the financial speculation, but they're like, this is ownership is an unlock. And if we can figure that out, it's big. So I think consumer web three will be a, a, another big one. Um, third, I think is the bit of the transition from metaverse to web three gaming as a hotter topic, right? The big yep. MetaMask uh, launch this yeah, week yeah, was incredible, that, right? We just, yeah, we just covered that news. The last yeah, exactly. Episode, yep. Exactly. So, you know, so, so, so to me, that's the, you know, we're, we're beginning to, I think, break down the sort of cool walls that were there between gaming and NFTs. 
Um, and then the final piece, I think, is just all the government regulation. Like it's been a crazy couple of months. Um, and we're, you know, I mean, even Silvergate this week and what's going on on the banking yeah. side is all really scary. And so I think, you know, we have a bunch of politicians and a bunch of regulation people coming to really help decipher what it means for long term for this industry. Right. I mean, I don't think there's any way this industry goes away. I think there are a lot of forces that are trying to keep it down and primarily because they're protecting a lot of revenue <laughs> from very traditional yeah. financial institutions, um, but at, often at the expense of, of consumers. And so I think having that conversation and, and a real honest one, both between the crypto industry and the political machine is going to be really important. So those are the four areas I'm interested in. Yeah. I, I mean, I like all four of that. I, I definitely the, the consumer side, that brand onboarding, I just, that part really excites me. Uh, I also saw Snowden uh, is on that list, which is- Yeah, uh, he's always a great speaker. I, and I have a weird, you know, like I was working for the US government in cybersecurity uh, post Snowden days. Uh, mm. And so like a lot of my team, we were deployed to the Pentagon. And, and funny enough, I had that experience. And then I also had the leaving the government experience and relating uh, in the other side. And I've actually shared the stage uh, with Snowden uh, at an international event. And I had, you know, it was really interesting just the- the you know the conversation that can happen there and and also excited like you know the like you mentioned like the brand mix the i i like the also like the mix of like it's media that's in the know in this space but also you know conversations a little bit bigger than that uh, so yeah i mean great stuff coming uh, excited to see how all that kind of uh plays out i definitely have to give a shout out to uh the podcast you know women who web three which is uh camilla's uh podcast yep. uh i was celebrating uh you know i think we talked about here on the podcast uh whenever it was announced that she you guys kind of collaborated and brought that podcast to life uh i love what she talks about i love her mission uh you know as a girl dad as well it's like just like a, a yeah. connection there and so uh you know full circle i think there's a, there's something beautiful about the space as we start to move uh you know some of these needles forward and i think for you know our listeners those four topics that you talked about right with the fact that also pushing forward a lot of the technology and some of these experiences I mean, this is what should all excite all of us to kind of amplify and be a part of, uh, you know, the day to day that sometimes we get stuck in on Twitter spaces uh, is the day to day of, of Twitter spaces. Like it's important to kind of macro yeah. out uh, and see. So, uh, yeah, exciting stuff. Anything, anything we missed or anything we want to throw in there before we uh, wrap up? Uh, no, I mean, one, I just want to, you know, I, I think the media um, approach to decentralization, which you are a part of, I just want to give props back. I think that, you know, there's some people who are doing really great work in helping to push kind of what it means to have a decentralized media ecosystem, which is so important for all of us to have. So one, just like props to you and this community. I know how vibrant it is. Um, and yeah, and you know, we'd love to see folks come to consensus. We'll be doing a bunch of giveaways. We have scholarship programs. Like we want to make sure people can get there regardless because um, it is such a substantive event. And so, you know, always, you can always hit me up on, on, on Twitter. You can reach out to our teams. We have a lot of stuff and opportunities for folks. And yeah, I mean, if anyone is interested on the kind of, Thinking through the ticketing side of it, um, coindesk.com slash consensus NFTs, where you can just read about it. Um, we understand it's a pricey, pricey purchase, so like we don't expect everyone's going to do it, but there's some, a lot of value there for the right kind of person. Um, so check it out. And yeah, we just uh, appreciate you having us on. Of course. Yeah. And you know, I, I always like to call the caveat that too, when we think about pricey uh, things, right? Like, it, you know, it's definitely a, you know, experiences you know on offline experiences you know if you break it down from like just like what we're but we think about it from like the bigger context of unlock and networking and and you know like i i really try to stress you know for me i'm very blessed like events being my life like that's where but for so many that i know that want to capitalize on certain experiences and they're going to go 
degen into five or six projects or they're going to buy the ninth moonbird that they need like maybe the right. maybe the eight are good and you can go to an event <laughs> and uh you know pocket that right not financial advice but just kind of putting that out there for you know everybody to kind of think about it and kind of level set on um you know and i and i appreciate the you know the kind words and, I, and i'll also say just you know for our listeners as well right i think you know check out the website on i mean i thought the messaging uh, kudos to the team, right? The messaging, the video, I like the kind of breakdown, you know, of not only why you're doing it, but how it's being implemented. Also, there's a really nice like little graph on like what the rewards are. Uh, I mean, lessons for every project um, out there, right? On like, you know, NFTs are already confusing enough for so many, but like being able to like, you could literally walk through and see what is the tech, why they chose art blocks, what are the things that make sense? Um, and I think that just like the that template and boilerplate is something this entire space could use. So, uh, yeah, Sam, thanks so much for for jumping on, and uh, you know, look forward to everything consensus and all those kind of innovations as we push forward. So, I appreciate uh, for, you. Yep, for everybody listening, uh, as always, uh, you know, today's a great day um, to show you care. Right, the bar for caring is pretty low in the digital space as a whole, uh, and I, I like to believe that if we all, just each one of us individually, just reach out to one person today, let them know we care, let them know we appreciate them. It could be a content creator, an artist, they could be just a supporter, a fan, a friend. Just let one person know that you care about them today, and I can promise that we'll make the world a better place, we'll make people special, and I mean, that's the least we could do in this day and age. So until next time, my friends, make it a great day. Cheers. Thank you for listening to NFT 365. If you found this helpful, let us know by leaving a review, like, subscribe, share, and do all of those good things. Join our email list to keep up with all things NFT365. We appreciate you spending a little of your time with us. And as always... 